Hi, thank you for listening to Black to School. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Cindy McFarland and I'm your host. This episode of Black to School is on black mental health and imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome, also called perceived fraudulence, involves feelings of self-doubt and personal incompetence that persist despite your education, experience, and accomplishments, according to Healthline.org. Over time, the stress accumulates and has a large impact on a student's well-being. However, anyone can experience imposter syndrome. In this episode, we are tackling academic elitism and how entering spaces as previously only made for white people can invoke the sense of perceived fraudulence. Student attends a top 25 university, and with that comes a lot of high expectations. And I can relate going to UMD as a scholarship student, constantly having to remind myself that I deserve to be here. Join us as we discuss these feelings in this episode. Okay. Hi, thank you for joining us. Welcome Black to School. My name is Cindy McFarlane and I'm your host. Today I'm joined with Jaden Hayes, sophomore at Emory University. Jaden, just give us a quick introduction. What's your major? Um, what are you involved in? Just a little quick spiel. Okay, perfect. All right, hello y'all. My name is Jaden Hayes. I am a sophomore at Emory University, as Sydney just said. Um, and I am involved in uh, black mental health ambassadors. I serve as the communications committee where I uh, promote black mental health resources to the Emory student body. Um, I'm a research assistant in the environmental science department at Emory, working with the Psychology Lab, where I go into the west side of Atlanta to test property for overexposure to uh, lead and any other environmental uh, toxins that may be affecting children within those areas. Um, I am a part of um, Black Star Magazine, which is the first Black editorial at uh, Emory University, and I'm a photographer, take pictures of models, and it's very cute and creative, and I just love my job um and what else major um oh yeah my major (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm studying human health with a concentration in health innovation uh practically business um because i want to be a hospital administrator in my future career and yeah okay great thank you for sharing Jaden goes to emory university which is in georgia do you mind telling us a little bit why you chose to go to Emory? Like, why did you apply, and then why did you accept your offer? Okay, so this was so rough. So I was very, very scared about where I wanted to go to college, and I'm afraid of rejection. So I was like, I have to apply early decision to a school that I feel like is realistic for me, but will also help me in the long run. So... At first, I was stuck between Brown and Emory University, and I just did further research, and I just realized that, you know, my opportunities at Emory would go farther than they would if I were to apply to a Brown. So I just did further research and just found out that, you know, Emory is literally the top school for both business and healthcare, which is both things that I'm really passionate about, and I just figured I might as well uh, pursue the uh, college that will give me the best of both worlds. So I applied and I applied for an early decision, uh, as I just said. And literally early December, I already had my, you know, <laughs> I already had my decision pretty much made for me where I was going to college. Um, literally opened it with 
all of my friends in front of my face. It was very scary, but it was a very rewarding experience as literally they were there the whole time cheering me on. I was updating them every step of the way. Um, literally, Sydney, you even literally had to tweak one of my supplemental essays for me to make sure that it sounded nice and for me to be able to successfully submit it on time. So I will thank you forever for that because without you, I don't even know where I would be. Stop. Um, college-wise so yeah that's practically it um and yeah and here i am about to enter my third year here at university probably the happiest that i've ever been to be honest academically thriving socially thriving everything's going good great so yeah I just want to emphasize that Jaden also applied to other schools. Like, he didn't just do Emory and then call it a day. He definitely had some other options. And, like, what was it like? <laughs> like, what was it like opening those acceptance letters and just knowing, like, you can't compete? Or, like, did you have any second doubts when you got accepted in certain programs elsewhere? Okay. So, oh, my gosh. I'm going deep. <laughs> so, what other schools have I applied to? I applied to... Actually, I got accepted to Temple. They didn't even finish my application. That kind of gagged me, actually. I was like, oh my god. Like, they wanted me. Um, I applied to UMD. UMD will probably be my second choice just because they gave me the most aid. Uh, well, in second to Emory. So in state tuition. Yeah. So I probably would have went there or to FAMU, actually, because FAMU gave me a lot of A2, but that's because I was a legacy um, scholar, and I was, like, in the honors dorm or whatever. But, yeah, applied to them. Uh, I also applied to A&T. That was the first college I got accepted into, actually. That was, like, in early October. That was crazy. But when I got that first like, college acceptance, I was, like, literally jumping, like, when I got ANC, I was like, oh, my God, like, this is actually getting quite serious. Like, I don't know how to, like, mm-hmm. handle any more of this. And I was just like, there's only a matter of time before, like, the rejections start coming out. And then all of a sudden, I'm hit with reality. But, you know, luckily for me, I didn't experience any rejections when it came to the colleges that I wanted. I got into all of them that I really wanted to get uh, But Well, yeah. I got into all that I applied to, which is something that not a lot of people can say, but I'm just happy that I was able to work out in my favor, regardless of where I ended up. Um, So I'm just really thankful for that whole experience. And again, very grateful for my friends that were there every step of the way, literally reading every (laughs) college application that I got. Um, And yeah, that's all. Yeah. One thing about the college, like, application process is, like, it definitely takes a team because we were sending our stuff to teachers, we were sending our stuff to each other, and just, like, re-looking over, like, this representation of yourself, essentially, and knowing that, like, this is, you're putting your best foot forward in order to show these schools who you are, and they're they're judging you. based off of what you're showing them. And so you just want to show them the best version of yourself. So I definitely understand, like, the whole rejection thing and being scared of, like, what's going to come from it. I, unlike Jaden, did get rejected from a few schools. And it was not the end of the world, thank God. I still am in college. And even if I did get rejected from everywhere I applied to, I would have went to community college and then transferred. So there's definitely different options. 
Would you like to talk more about your freshman year? So it's a big adjustment, especially coming off of quarantine. So from moving in to your first finals week to winter break, like just give us a rundown of what your freshman year was like. Oh, freshman year was so rough. Let me tell you why. So <laughs> literally my first semester, it was probably the worst GPA that I've ever had in my academic career mind you i literally graduated from arundel high school magna cum laude like i was i was i was i was doing pretty good you know and then literally i went from the top of my class to literally feeling this sense of imposter syndrome once i got here because it's like everybody here is like excelling academically everybody's graduated at the top of their class and you just felt like i had to repeat literally all that I went through high school but intensified by like five mm -hmm. um and literally like there's valedictorians literally from every <laughs> every part of the country coming to one school having to compete in such an competitive environment that preaches that they're not they preach that they're, they're collaborative but that really just depends on what kind of major you're going into me personally with my stem major obviously people are going to be more inherently competitive it is what it is that's just the culture at emory and i just had to you know in a sense conform to that but i was very you know i was very like discouraged just to ask for help because i felt like by me asking for help it was a way of me saying that i can't handle this workload on my own and that's something that I've always been doing, even throughout high school. Like, I never really asked for help throughout high school because I felt like I just got it. Like, everybody just got it. Like, the people that got it, got it. The people <laughs> that didn't, just didn't. But at the same time, I would admit, when I was in high school, it was definitely a more collaborative environment as well, um, which is something that very much shocked me when I got here because, like I said, they were preaching, like, oh, like, they're very collaborative and I get here and everybody's very, you know, competitive. Everybody's very to themselves, not willing to really help other people. Um, and I'm a person that doesn't like the pride. So if I feel like you're giving me the cold shoulder, I won't, you know, press you about it. I'll just go about my day. Um, so, yeah, first semester, it was, it was very rough um, considering, you know, I was also in my first relationship at that time, my first queer relationship. So it was it was a lot to balance, you know, academically as well as emotionally. Because when we, you know, had our highs, we had our highs. When we had our lows, they were really low. And it didn't help that, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself or my grades. Um, and it definitely showed in that transcript. So um, one thing that I will, I guess, give advice to, like, my freshman self is to, you know, don't... <laughs> don't act like it's the end of the world because I feel like I'm at my peak that I am at now. Um, but he was going through a very, very, very deep slump. Um, and I'll also say that, you know, second semester, it turned out to also be pretty good. Um, it was a little, it was, it was a bounce back, you know? Um, I feel like it was still hard nonetheless, but I feel like I was so beat down by first semester, I was like, there's no way that I can, you know, have that type of semester happen again. So I was just motivated to not ever try to get into that slump that I did my very first year or my very first semester here. And, you know, 
I started, you know, taking my own advice into account. I started reaching out to people. I started being more, you know, uh, collaborative with others um, just to get a feel for people. Because at the end of the day, like, even if I feel like I'm by myself, in reality, that's not the case for a lot of people. Like, a lot of people feel like they struggle with, you know, reaching out for help for the sake of their pride um, and me being one of those people. So it was like, you know, I had to, you know, let that make it go just a little bit, you know, when everything got rough. And, you know, that also taught me to be an effective communicator as well, which is something that I also struggle with because I don't like communicating my feelings because it's just like, I can only do so much. I can only tell you how I feel and then you can just tell me whatever, but it's like nothing changes at the end of the day. Mm. But I have to realize not that's not always the case though because it's just like you know sometimes you just need to get something off your chest you need to vent to people and it doesn't really matter if that change happens in that instance or it just happens over you know a span of time and i just have to understand that like you know i prefer instant gratification than delayed gratification um and feeling like i have to carry this burden all the way till i get to a certain point where it's like now I can finally breathe instead of, you know, taking care of myself right in that moment so that I don't have to deal with that emotional burden the whole progress of my first year. So with that being said, um, it was definitely a learning experience and it was definitely a time that I had to matriculate um, and or, yeah, I had to matriculate into a certain environment that I wasn't really the most prepared for. At least I thought I wasn't prepared for um, it. was definitely a culture shock. However, I feel like I'm starting to understand the culture of my school now. So I feel like I know how to navigate it moving forward. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I really appreciate you sharing that because a lot of college, and I didn't realize this until I was in college, a lot of college is getting yourself out of bed and doing your work. Like, no one's going to make you do that assignment, and you're just going to have to accept the grade. You get you get the grade based off the effort you put in. And so when things start taking a downturn, and you notice yourself starting to feel, like, bad on multiple days in a row, you just have to get yourself out of that headspace, because no one else is going to get you out of the headspace for you. You can see your friends, and you can put on the fake mask, but you know, like, how you're truly feeling. And I think it's important that we talk about mental health, especially in college students, because especially at a big university, like my school is bigger than yours, but your school is still pretty big. At a big university, like no one's checking in on you. You could completely fly on the, under the radio, radar if you wanted to. So it's just hard. And I'm like, I'm glad that you've been able to like find your stride and understand yourself better to a point where you can recognize those certain behaviors and adjust in a manner that sets you up to feel better in the future because a lot of mental health is proactive agreed so what did you wish you knew about emory before attending so i wish i knew about the culture specifically of black emory before Mm. i got here um i didn't recognize how clicky a lot of them were um and with that that also has caused me to struggle finding a sense of community um amongst my own people like we're all at a pwi all trying to make it all trying to be our best selves 
but it still felt like there was this inherent competition amongst you know us and that very much discouraged me because I felt like I couldn't find a sense of belonging within my own school and with that that obviously drove me to the very uh, it just made me feel very isolated and just it made me feel alone um just due to how clicky everybody was and due to how pretentious a lot of people can be because you know a lot of you know black people come from varying backgrounds some people come from really rich some people come from really poor so it's just like you kind of also have to evaluate yourself in that measure of like how your privilege plays out in these spaces as well um so it was like that whole idea of trying to find myself within that medium that really took a lot of time and it took a lot of emotional (laughs) damage um just because I felt like I wasn't being my most genuine self. And once I realized that I wasn't being my most genuine self, I had to do some, you know, internal reflecting on what I could do to possibly be my best self. And with that, um, it's caused me to, you know, find a community amongst people that have similar, like, core values and morals that I uphold. And once I made that connection, it was definitely a lot easier to sort out who I can be friends with, who's an acquaintance, who can just be, you know, someone that I can just be cordial with. Because I feel like for me, everything has to be okay socially for everything else to pan out and vice versa. Just like if one thing's not working out academically, something's got to work out socially. Two things can't be bad. (laughs) Like, that's just not how my brain works. And and more likely than not, if one is, like, failing, the other one is also failing. Because they, I don't know, they're intrinsically tied together. So, you know, me being able to recognize who my true friends were here and realizing um, my sense of belonging here, that's probably um, one thing that, it's probably not talked about a whole lot when it comes to marginalized communities specifically at Emory, but it's definitely a conversation that's been circulating a lot recently, and it's definitely a conversation that's been brewing around, you know, this whole idea of, you know, being connected with, you know, like-minded people or people that share, like, the same uh, cultural or lived experiences, so... Yeah. yeah, I can imagine that being difficult, especially attending a top 25 school. The natural competitiveness you'd see has to be heightened because the school is so selective. And like you said, it's like the best of the best from every school. And so moving into college, people probably still have that same um, mindset and getting to work around it to actually figure out who they are as people sounds exhausting (laughs) so I can't imagine like having to do that especially coming off of high school like we did really well but I am no longer feeling competition with my peers I'm only like at school for me and for my future success so it's not like oh I'm racing whoever to get top spot be valedictorian and so seeing that in college I feel like that also would have had a an effect on my mental health too so I definitely get where you're coming from and you speak on like finally finding your community and having friends in different areas like 
and different varying degrees of like closeness to them. And I also have that. Like I have my in-class friends, I have my out-of-class friends, I have my weekend friends, I have the people I say hi to if I walk past them. And I think having like varying types of friends in different places is very good, especially in college, because you never know what type of situation you might be in. And in my mind, I like to call it networking. So <laughs> networking yeah. with the people that I'm already at school with. So how did you find your community on campus? Like the people that you would consider your closest friends, how did you meet them? Did you like go to events or like, do they live down the hall? Okay. So literally I met them probably the middle of my first semester of my sophomore year. And the reason why is because we, well, majority of them, we were all in the same class. We took Foundational Behaviors, which is a neuroscience and behavioral biology class at Emory. And literally, we got together because we needed to study for this big exam that was so much of, like, of our grade. And literally, like, as you started studying with them, you started to pick up on what they value. And a lot of the things that I value specifically is mental health. Um, and knowing that it's a neuroscience class, that's literally all that we talk about. Um, so just being able to bond over my passion for, you know, mitigating health disparities um, amongst, you know, marginalized communities, specifically in the mental health realm, that was something that I'm very passionate about. And, you know, they also had similar interests. Well, not necessarily hospital administration, but one of my friends wants to be a psychologist where literally they, you know, prescribe medicine to people that have, you know, different mental illnesses. Um, one of my friends wants to be a neurosurgeon. Um, one of my friends wants to be a physician assistant to, like, mitigate, you know, healthcare um, disparities amongst marginalized communities. Like, we all just kind of align, not only passionately, but also, I guess, around the same occupation of like healthcare we all want to help people and i know it's like easier something like oh yeah obviously everybody wants to help people but it's like once you really find that click of like what really draws y'all together what really causes y'all to get up out of y'all bed to go to these classes like it's just really it's a surreal experience and like for me to be able to share that bond with them not only like academically but also you know socially you know when it comes to what we're interested in creative like creatively like we bond over films and shows that we've watched um pop iconic pop culture moments like we're all obsessed with beyonce so that's literally all that we talk about just 24 <laughs> 7 like it's just stuff like that and it's just when you see the specific range that we all have and like how we still manage to come together and still find that commonality amongst all of us is really something that I never thought that I would experience here. And especially when they talk about, you know, their situations back home, like even though, yes, we might have cultural differences, um, we've all still, you know, come from the same, I guess, traumatic realm when it comes to, you know, what solidifies our bond even stronger. So, um literally without them i don't even know where i would be here they definitely shaped my experience at emory in the most positive life it's ever been at and without them i don't know where i'd be i wouldn't be as involved as i am now because literally once i found my sense of community they were quick to send any type of you know update about what's going on in this club or what upcoming org is about to you know send out applications for the exec board like literally without my friends 
I probably wouldn't be as active as I am now. Literally, my friend sent me a executive board application for Black United you know, Ambassadors, and literally, I got on that board, and now I serve as um, the communications committee. Like, my friend sent me the research assistant position saying that they were hiring. I applied, and I got it. Like, literally, every time when I said that I wanted to be more involved on campus, they didn't question anything about it. They were so willing to just go out of their way to find resources for me. Um, and I can't thank them enough for that, because without them, like I said, I wouldn't be nearly as, you know, I wouldn't be as, uh, I guess, thriving. I wouldn't be thriving as much as I am now uh, without their support and without them in my corner, so... That's so, like, idealistic. Just hearing you talk so passionately about your friends and how they make you feel and how much they supported you is so, like, just heartwarming. And I'm, like, astonished because that is, that's literally perfect. Like, that's the dream. And especially coming off the year you had, like, you needed this win. And, like, thinking back on it, like, not to put you on blast or anything, but Jaden was considering transferring at one point. And so, like, sticking to your school and, like, just waiting it out. And, like, now he's having the best year of his life. And I just love that for you. So what made you not, like, enter the transfer portal and start looking at schools again? Like, what made you stick to it? Okay. One thing, my pride. That's right. I'm going to be real. My pride. I was like, there's no way I'm going to worked so hard because then you know how hard i've tried to get into the school like you're literally there once i opened that application how my face lit up how so quick to go to atlanta and take those commitment photos like i was so ready to go and it was just like there's no way that i've been working so hard to get to this point and all of a sudden i'm not experiencing the ideal experience that i feel like every college student should receive and it's just like, there's no way <laughs> I'm willing to, you know, throw all of that away just because it didn't work out my very first year. I was like, I'm, I'm going to just stick it out. I'm going to just stick it out. And boom, we're here. And literally last semester was also a pretty rough semester. But um, I wasn't as close with my friends uh, at that time that like I am now. Now we're like all locked in. And we're all doing well. We're all academically thriving. And we're all here to support each other. And I feel like once you find your support system and it's solidified, there's, it's like everything can only go up. Because even if you do, you know, fail an exam, you'll still have people in your corner here to support you, trying to figure out ways to help you, trying to figure out ways to, you know, provide any type of care that they can, whether it's, you know, emotional support, whether it's them referring you to, you know, a teacher or a professor that's you know willing to you know work with that struggling student or whatever um it's just like the connections that i built here were definitely connections that i wasn't expecting to originally but i'm glad that it all worked out so definitely me finding that sense of community amongst my friends um it definitely you know helped me realize you know i'm here for a purpose um imposter syndrome's not gonna beat me down i belong here i know i do it was just a matter of me you know getting through those first three semesters but now it's up now it's up hey yo we up now now i'm up 
because like you know i have my support system i have all that i need and i have a strong support system back at home everybody's cheering me on and you know that can be very stressful at times but i realize like you know they're not there to like you know push this on to me they're here to you know support me when i do fall um and not you know stressing me out and making everything worse so I love how lenient and patient everybody is throughout this whole process because, like I said, it takes well, it takes it, it takes more than one to tango. To be honest, for my situation, it takes more than one because I can't do this all on my own. So, which is why I'm so thankful that I have lovely friends like the ones that I have here, as well as the ones from back home. Love you, Sid. Love you, Tara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I can definitely see how important that is for you and like coming from Arundel where we were all just so close and like taking the same classes like I also had to deal with that big adjustment and for me personally what it took for me to realize is like everyone doesn't need to be your best friend like like I was saying earlier is like the varying degrees of friendship it's just so important because I love my casual friends that doesn't mean I like them any less than the people I see more it's just that's their role in my life and having like, the people there for you to support you and, like, just vent. Like, I love to vent. <laughs> I don't like when my thoughts stay in my head and I just need someone to hear them. And that's important for me. And so I I know that's important for you, too. And so seeing that and, like, in your community and having that experience and making college feel more of, like, a good time is great. And for all the people listening, applying, or admitted somewhere, your freshman friends, your freshman year friends may not be your friends forever. You're going to constantly grow and change over the four years. I am not the same person I was last year, much less the same person I was when I was applying to schools. So just always be open to having new people in your life. Like there's no such thing as like having too many friends. It's like welcome the abundance. (laughs) Absolutely. I 100% agree. Literally, (laughs) like, my whole friend group literally changed ever since freshman year. And honestly, I can say that was the best change that's ever happened since I've been here. Because ever since I've been around friends that openly support me and are openly willing to help me, it's just like everything's just been on the ups. And I'm just very excited to see where the rest of the semester takes me, knowing that I have the support in my corner. Yes, and the next two years. Gotta get that degree. (laughs) Okay, Jaden, how would you describe the Black experience on campus? I know you kind of got into this a little bit, but, like, what does it mean to be a Black Emory student to you? And then follow-up, what does it mean to be a Black queer student at Emory? Okay, so, literally, this year was probably a very, it was a very monumental year for me, Um, just because, well, last semester, obviously, I was openly queer at school, which Mm -hmm. is something that (laughs) didn't happen in high school. However, I would say that me coming out, guns blazing here, it was definitely a, you know, an experience that I say that I would never regret Um, because I felt like I was my true authentic self and I felt like I was able to you know formulate connections through my queerness and recognizing that you know I'm not the only queer person here and I don't have to be afraid to like admit that I'm queer 
because, like, my school's in Atlanta. Like, there's so many people of color that are queer here. And it's just, like, being around that sense of community, not only at school, but also in a city that is, you know, welcoming of queerness as well, specifically black queerness. It was something that I would never experience back home. So I was just like, I love being in an area where I feel like I'm, you know, equally represented both here in Emory as well as, you know, outside of um, Emory's gates. Um, And I guess one thing that really stuck with me now is me realizing my sense of identity because literally I started, the more that I started, uh, the more that I started becoming more comfortable with my sexuality and identity, the more that I realized that I more so appealed to the gender nonconforming role, Mm. I guess, role's a bad word, but. It's like the opposite um, of role. (laughs) Yeah, opposite of role, yeah, not role, but, you know, I started, you know, expressing, you know, my gender nonconforming identity. And I identify as eBay, by the way. But literally, I wouldn't even think of, you know, questioning my sense of identity a year ago. But definitely being around like-minded people and being around people who are openly supportive of that nature, I definitely realized that, you know, I don't uphold a lot of the morals and values that, you know, men are supposed to uphold supposedly so i was like why would i want to be a part of you know a system that wasn't really meant for me to begin with so i definitely realized really quickly where i stood among that and i've never been happier and as well as you know being around friends that openly accept you know my pronouns you know even though you know, it might be a fairly new, you know, transition for them. They're still willing to, you know, correct themselves and making sure that, you know, they're addressing me in the manner that I prefer to be addressed. Um, and I definitely appreciate that. Even even for my non-queer friends, like, um, they're still very, very, you know, accepting and willing to, you know, work with the changes that have been made. So um, I would say... You know, being black and queer at Emory was definitely a very scary experience at first. But once you find your sense of community here and once you realize how close everybody really is behind behind that mask that everybody puts up freshman year, where it's like everybody's like from all around the world, but like nobody's followed them from high school. And it's like you can like, you know, remake your whole life practically. Like once that mask drops, and you started seeing people for who they are, and once you knew what morals and values everybody upheld, it was so much easier to be able to navigate my queerness here at Emory. And one thing that I will say, I'm unapologetically queer and black, and that caused me to also be, you know, out to my family back home. Like my parents know, my brother knows. I, I mean, I have it. <laughs> my my Instagram is very much queer. So, like, everybody knows, everybody sees me for who I am. And just to see that support system, even from high school, like, you know, even they might have, even though they might have, you know, speculated or whatever, just to see, like, the overwhelming amount of support that I got from, you know, the pictures that I would post, 
it's, 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 it just makes me emotional every single time to not only realize that, you know, people from back home got me, but I'm also able to live in my truth as I am now here at Emory. Um, so I definitely will say that Emory definitely helped with me discovering my gender identity, um, as well as what I love to uphold culturally. So, yeah. Yeah. They say, like, you go through a lot of changes during high school, but I feel like college is definitely, like, the biggest changes, like, consistently for me. And I'm glad that, like, you've been able to find yourself at your school. Like, I go to school in state. Like, we know this, friends. Like, you guys have been listening to the podcast, but (laughs) I go to school with my high school friends. And it's hard, like, seeing myself change and seeing some of them not change with me. And so adjusting for that is difficult. And I'm glad that you don't have to go through it because God forbid, like you went to college and had this horrible like experience coming out and figuring yourself out like that would have sucked. And the fact that you felt the support and the love that you so truly deserve is everything to me. Like, I want to go to Emory and just shake all of your friends' hands. Like, give them a big hug and be like, thank you for taking care of Jaden in our absence type of thing. (laughs) Because we didn't grow up in a place that's, like, super conservative or anything. But it's just, like, growing up and going to school with the same people for 12 years, maybe 15 years. I'm estimating. But for 15 years, it's like, people have expectations of you. And when you shift outside of those boxes and like grow it's weird for them to see that because that's not who you are to them but that's who you're becoming and so the fact that you were able to kind of start fresh and just build yourself from the ground up and become a person that you're proud of and you felt supported at school with virtually everyone it seems is great no Exactly, and I, I can't thank my friends enough for this journey because it was definitely something that I've obviously struggled with internally for a very long time. So the fact that I'm able to effectively execute the way I want to live in my truth and everybody just being willing to accept it is something that it's just, it just lifts a weight off of my shoulder because now I can pretend... I don't have to pretend to be someone that I'm not. Exactly. And definitely being at Emory has definitely facilitated that environment for me. And it made it very easy to branch out into uh, the reality that is now. Perfect. So what advice do you have for admitted and prospective black students who are looking to attend Emory? Okay. Well, one thing that I will say, definitely get a part. Oh, okay. So we have two programs. We have black uh, men's initiative and black women's initiative. And what those two programs are is that it practically takes the uh, male or students that identify as male and students that identify as female or feminine presenting or masculine presenting. Um, and they put them into these programs where it literally gives you the complete crash course of what it is to be a black male at Emory um, or a black uh, female at Emory. 
or a feminine presenting person or a masculine presenting person. Um, and it definitely helps facilitate an environment where you're able to, you know, bond amongst your community. And I feel like that definitely helps in the very beginning because it's a pre-orientation program. So literally, you're surrounded by Black people literally the first, like, <laughs> week before everything even starts to, like, you know, go crazy. When everybody starts getting moved in, you're definitely given a head start to facilitate that type of bond um, amongst, you know, the Black community, which I can definitely thank, um, you know, Emory for doing that because it's a fairly new program. Um, and the fact that, you know, there are so many black students that were attending this university and didn't have, you know, a platform or safe space or safeguard to go to. And it definitely showed within their academics. Um, so the fact that they came out with this program that was able to foster a sense of belonging um, amongst marginalized communities definitely helped me. And it helped me figure out, you know, my people and who I value. And, you know, those people definitely stuck around until today. So I can't thank, you know, BMI, BWI for being able to create that environment. Um, so it is a, so it is a pre-orientation program. And you also live, I forgot to mention, you also live on like a floor within a residence hall is like all black people so it's like it, it goes beyond you know just sitting in the classroom looking at a black you know professor or teacher and they're just giving you the rundown of what it's like it's a whole experience you know you go to different trips you go to atlanta you know you can go to um the botanical garden um you can go to the art museum you can go to the afro-caribbean restaurant if you really want to like it's a it's like a field trip almost but it's also a bonding experience. So it's like you kind of get like, you know, the best of both worlds academically as well as socially. And they also provide, you know, resources specifically for black people, like, you know, black mental health resources or anything in regards to emotional and physical support. And I can't thank them enough for providing those resources because as we know, a lot of professional care isn't necessarily the most intersectional. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they have you know, those resources at our disposal is definitely something that I would consider for any newly uh, admitted, you know, Emory Eagles, specifically the black ones, to take advantage of. Um, and yeah, that is, I think that's it. Um, but yeah, those that's the advice that I would give to, um, you know, the black Emory student body, the yeah. newly admitted black Emory student body. Oh, also, another thing. Um, always stay true to yourself that's one thing that i will also say because it's very easy to get away from your home or feel like you have to um you know fabricate your life to make it seem like it's more interesting than it actually is just because you're around people that you know are supposed to like share the same cultural experiences as you but still have like different realities of life um, it's always important to stay true to yourself because if you don't stay true to yourself, nobody else will. And it's very important that you don't fall victim to, you know, having that burden placed upon you, feeling like you keep up lies for so long to the point where you feel like you can't even live your true authentic self. 
So always, as cheesy as it sounds, be true to yourself and make sure that you find people, your sense of community, that uphold the same morals and values as you. Because once you find out what they uphold culturally and ethically, it definitely makes the whole process easier when it comes to deciphering who are what type of friends. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> um, to follow up your points, for any school that you choose, find an administration that cares. It's hard being a black student on campus, being a black queer student on campus, and feeling not only underrepresented, uh, underrepresented but also mm-hmm. knowing that your administration doesn't care. And so that's a lot harder to like get get through is seeing your administration not care. And then if you are struggling within yourself, you are the only person that's going to get you through every day. You're the only person you have to spend time with every single day. So definitely stay true to yourself and become a version of yourself that you not only admire, but makes yourself proud. And that's like, I agree with you, like that's super important. And just to be clear, Jaden, when you were going through your mental health stuff freshman year, did you like seek ad- administrative help and like counseling through the school or anything or no? Um, so that was the issue. I did, but literally you you find out very quickly. And it's like what I touched on earlier, it's like professional care here is not the most intersectional. So it's mm. like yes, you blanket like the surface area or the surface level material at hand like yeah but it's just like when it comes to the cultural like the cultural elements that are tied into the nuances as well Mm. it's like all of a sudden it's like it's not it, it doesn't it's not really applicable to you so one thing that i will say is definitely look into you know source like at least my school is definitely one of the schools that provided I can't speak for all schools, but I know my school specifically has like a black mental health program. So it's more intersectional and it's definitely more variety when it comes to the cultural differences within blackness. So uh, that definitely helped a lot. And that's also a part of why I'm a part of black mental health ambassadors at Emory now, where I'm able to, you know, promote those resources to the black Emory student body. Perfect. So, yeah. Okay, good. At least you, like, found a way to, like, work around the lack of quality care for marginalized students. And my final question is, do you think you made the right choice? Why or why not? And just touch on, like, how Emory exceeded your expectations or didn't meet some of them. And, like, the expectation versus reality aspect of making the right choice in a school okay did emory meet my expectations i would say this is like a it depends because it meets it in different areas but it also does it in others i would say academically it definitely (laughs) it definitely exceeded my expectations just because oh more so from the um, how hard it was. I knew it was going to be hard, but I didn't think I would been fighting for my life as much as I was <laughs> the first two 
and I that I've been here or the first one and obvious that I've been here like I was like oh my god but again that's just you know the adjustment period once I was able to you know navigate how certain professors work what I'm really passionate about it really drove me to do better and it definitely showed me how to navigate going forward um so that part it definitely um exceeded my expectations um Socially, I would say that it has also, no, socially, it didn't meet my expectations just because, like I said, like, the whole school, like, promoted, like, a collaborative environment. And it felt like, you know, it was good in the beginning when they were putting it up for, like, the pre-orientation, but it was like, it never went past that. It was like, it was like, they put up this whole thing of, like, oh, collaboration, and then all of a sudden things got serious and it seemed like everybody was like fighting for their life um it seemed like that sense of community wasn't there anymore once that pre-orientation program was over but i mean at the same time i wasn't on like the residential hall floor so my experience in bmi was different and it would probably be different for someone who was in that program that pre-orientation program as well as on that floor being surrounded by black people um so I can't really speak too much about the whole BMI experience outside of the program, but I can definitely say that that's definitely one way to get involved with black people on campus and finding that sense of belonging amongst people that share the same cultural values as you. Um, let's see, personally, did it achieve my expectations? No and yes. So <laughs> I feel like when personally, I feel like I'm thriving. I'm, oh, I'm great now. Like, I feel like once I found everything that I needed, now I feel like I'm set and ready to go. Like, I feel motivated to go to school. I don't feel like I'm dragging myself out of bed to go to these classes because, like, I know what I'm looking for, and I know that I'm so close to the angle that I want. So it's like having that type of motivation and that type of support behind me, I feel like I'm a broken record. But literally, once you find that support system, you're going to be set to go because you realize like even if you fail like you still have people that are willing to help out and support you in any way that they need to support you so i definitely found that you know that area to be something that has both exceeded and you know you necessarily didn't meet the part but i definitely say it was a gradual process for it to get to the point that it's at now so yeah i think that's all the final question is, do you think you made the right choice? Yes or no? Oh, did I make the right choice? I believe that I did. I believe that at the end of the day, um, school's going to be hard wherever I'm at. And I feel like I fought way too hard to get to the school. And the fact that, you know, I should have realized that I had my limits, you know, my my boundaries going to be challenged that hard but they were definitely challenged and I feel like I kind of needed that to get to the point where I'm at now that definitely forced me to find remedies that were suitable for me so yes I do think that Emory was um the right choice for me perfect well Jaden thank you for joining us is there anything you'd like to plug Jaden Hayes underscore on Instagram anything else 
Any final you words? Said, I'm sorry, you cut out. Say that one more time. I, I just gave them your Instagram handle. Do you want to plug anything else? Oh. Um, no, that's all. Thank <laughs> you so much for me ramble. Um, no, it's important. Thank you so much, Sydney, for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, it's so fun. I love talking about my experience. Yes, it's Thank so you. important. I never, I never have a place to do that often. Everyone just needs a little vent moment because you'd never really like fully look at your college experience until someone's asking you about it and you see how far you've came and how much you've went yeah. through and we're not even done our second year. <laughs> exactly. Like there's so much more to and there's so much more to, you know, digest and learn from. So I'm just kind of waiting for that. But Again, thank you so much for having me here. Of course. Um, I was so excited. Okay, hold on. Just gotta do the outro. <laughs> okay, school is officially out of session. That was not loud enough. Okay, one more time. School is officially out of session. Yay! Thank you, Jaden. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Black to School. This episode heavily focused on black mental health, similar to Elise's, the student-athlete episode. The isolation and changes that come with going to college is often oversimplified and brushed under a rug. Many universities, including UMD, do not have the resources to provide its students with adequate mental health support. That's not to say that there are no resources available, but more so to emphasize the overwhelming demand for mental health care post-pandemic in students. The compounding impact of race in addition to daily stressors encountered in college puts minority students at a disadvantage. Black students should not have to worry about discussing race as a mental health stressor when attending counseling. However, having divorced staff can make it less uncomfortable to vent about such things. I implore you to consider what it means to be mentally well to you and remind yourself of that criteria as you enter college. No one knows of your struggles, but you need to speak up for yourself if you need help. Your campus health center should have some resources available, especially if you are in crisis. Thank you again to Emily's Black Mental Health Organization for sponsoring this episode. Join us next time as we talk about the HBC experience and how it compares to PWIs.